Welcome to Game Master in Action, an RPG podcast not only for game masters, but for all plot enthusiasts. My name is Łukasz, and today we're going to explore a new scenario. What are we playing today? The Case of Adam Alduin is a scenario for Call of Cthulhu, an RPG system published by Chaosium. For those of you not familiar with it, it is a horror game based on H.P. Lovecraft stories. In this system, players are called investigators and very often then find themselves conducting a creepy and scary investigation. So get ready for mysterious creatures straight from your nightmares and a lot of insanity. Just like in Lovecraft stories, this RPG system focuses not only on horrors characters are facing, but also on traumas they suffer. The scenario takes place in 1890 in London, but with some small adjustments, you can run it in any other place in time. What is the beginning of today's story? At the beginning, investigators don't have to know each other, but all of them are connected with Sir Dominic, a gentleman with a high position in London society. At one point in the past, each investigator received help from him, and now they are not shocked when Sir Dominic asked them for a favor. Let's check what he wants from them. Thank you for visiting my office on such short notice. As some of you may know, one week ago, November 23rd, in the late evening, our city lost a great person, Dr. Adam Aldwin. He died in his house in terrifying circumstances, consumed by flames. Police, after a short investigation, concluded that poor Adam had fallen asleep in his chair with a glass of whiskey and a pipe. Tell me, my friends, since when do good people of our city die this way? I disagree with this hypothesis, and that's why I ask you to conduct a private investigation on my behalf. Don't talk with the police, don't be mistaken by their theories. Go to the police of this tragedy, talk with the widow and people who were on that dreadful night at their home, and find for me what happened to Mr. Aldwin. Sir Dominic gives them a letter that should allow them to investigate without any issues, and informs that he has arranged a meeting with the widow in Alduin's house. Investigators are ready to begin, but that's not all. There's a chance that at least one of them read about this case in a Penny Dreadful magazine. For sure it's not the most reliable source of information, but source nonetheless. A quick visit to the library should be enough to find a copy of this article. From it, investigators can learn that according to the author, Dr. Aldwin burst into flames by himself. There is also some speculations about a curse and some dark powers. The article is available for download with other handouts for this scenario. After this fantastic reading, it is clear that it might be a good idea to talk with its author, at least to know who the witness was. But for now, the priority is the visit to Aldwin's house. At the mansion, investigators are greeted by Henry, the butler, and shortly after Elizabeth Aldwin, the widow, will join them but she doesn't have much to say. If you hope that I'm going to describe some horrible details from that evening, then you will be disappointed. I've already spoken with the police. I wasn't here when it happened. I was at the theater. I know, Sir Dominic is under the impression that there is something more to this tragedy than the sad end of a drunk man. But I'm rational and have nothing more to say about this tragedy. Nonetheless, Sir Dominic wants his investigation and I had no choice but to agree. You may check the study and talk with the help. Let's check the place of this dreadful event. The study was already searched by the police, but investigators can still find some valuable clues there. 
give them some time to look around. It seems that the fire wasn't so bad. The room is not as devastated as investigators expected. Of course, walls here and there clearly show marks of the tragic event. There are a few clues that they can find here. A book. The title is not important. The true clue is hidden inside. It is a flyer with an advertisement for Madame Seraphine's Salon of Fortune. There is a handwritten note on it. You can run away, but they will find you. One of the investigators might be familiar with her. She is a medium and a fortune teller, but with a shady reputation. There are rumors that some of her clients ended up going mad after consulting their fate with her. Thomas, a footman, will say that the book was delivered the day before the tragedy by a messenger, but he doesn't know who sent it. In one of the desk drawers, they can find a letter from Benedict Durrett, a professor working at the archaeological museum. It seems that Adam left him a statuette for safekeeping and asked him to learn more about it. Benedict managed to identify its origin and inform that it comes from Africa, the region of Gulf of Guinea. Reading between lines, investigators can deduce that Adam expected the statuette to be returned by now, but Benedict decided to keep it longer. Both the letter and the flyer are in the handouts for this scenario. The last clue is not so easy to find, and players may need to grab their dice for that. There are some pieces of glass on the floor below the window. Was the window broken recently? If asked, Henry will say that the heat of the fire broke it. Hmm, <laughs> let's believe that. While we're still in the house, let's talk with the help. During that dreadful day, most of the house workers had a day off. Only Henry, Thomas and Beth were at home. All of them will of course talk with the investigators, but I'm not sure how much they are willing to say. Let's meet them. Henry's an older man and a butler working for the family for many years. He's very loyal to them. He won't say anything that could hurt the family. And for sure, he won't speculate as to what happened to Mr. Aldwin. As for the incident, he can't say much. At the time, he was upstairs managing other tasks. He came down after hearing Beth scream, but it was already too late. Thomas is around 25. He's a footman. He seems to be shy, but a successful role for psychology reveals that he's saying what he was told to, which is not much. At the time, he wasn't in the house. He was getting ready to pick up Mrs. Alwyn from the theater. Possibly talking with him outside would be more effective. Beth, she's the youngest and she works as a kitchen maid. She was the one to find Mr. Aldwin. At first, she's not willing to talk, possibly intimidated by the investigation, but she always liked Mr. Aldwin and she wants to help. With a little push from investigators' side, she'll tell them what happened earlier that day. Dr. Aldwin was very nervous, but for the last few days he was always like that. Maybe that was the result of the curse. Beth obviously read the article. That evening, she also heard him arguing with someone in his study, but she doesn't know who it was or when he got in. If players ask Henry about that, he'll say that Beth has a vivid imagination, and Thomas won't have any comments on that. Walking outside the house, investigators can find one more clue. Broken flowers and some green mud on the wall below the study's window. It seems that someone was trying or even succeeded in breaking in. Just before leaving the premises, players will have a chance for another meeting with Thomas.
Clearly, he knows more than he said before, but players will have to convince him to share that knowledge. Finally, he's willing to talk. Elizabeth suspected that Adam was involved in a relationship with a woman named Serafina. Henry is blindly loyal to Elizabeth, and he followed Adam to discover that he's meeting with her at her Salon of Fortune. Thomas heard also something about a room that Adam was supposed to rent somewhere in the city, but that's all he knows. At this time, it is already late, and the investigation will have to continue the next day. At night, one of the investigators is having a dream. It can be the one with the lowest luck or highest power, or selected in any other way. In the dream, they are standing on the shore of some foreign land. Is it Africa, as mentioned in the letter? There is a ship, and on its deck, a naturally big pregnant woman, and her skin is not human, it's fish-like. She's calling someone. And a moment later, green, covered in seaweed creatures are getting out of the water. She's pointing at the investigators, telling creatures to hunt them. The dream ends. I have goosebumps. The investigator who had this dream needs to make a sanity roll, losing two points if failed. Let's continue with the investigation. At this point, there are three places where players may want to go. Let's check them one by one, starting with Penny Dreadful magazine. Amy Bolton is the author of the article. She will be willing to talk with players, hoping to learn more about this case. She's actually working on the follow-up story. She can exchange her sources, yes, sources, for additional information regarding Aldwin's death. But the investigators may want to convince her some other way. Abby will reveal that she was informed about the tragedy by a senior member of Alwyn's staff. Was it Henry? But why? She will also mention that she spoke with a medic responsible for Alwyn's autopsy, but this meeting was a failure. The medic seemed to be insane. He was telling her that Alwyn had weird body features, like a membrane between fingers and a fin on his back. At least, that is what he deduced from burned corpses. He mentioned also a marking that looked like a tattoo, and gave her a drawing of it, an anchor with a ribbon and a long name that he couldn't decipher. A, L, E, ends with an A. Abby admits that she won't use this for her story. To be honest, she's not even sure if the medic was talking about Alwyn. There was madness in his eyes and he looked like he was afraid of something. When she asked him if he felt fine, he said that lately he's having nightmares and he's starting to believe that they are real. Well, that was weird. Next stop, Madame Serafina. Her fortune-telling salon is small and smells of incense. When investigators enter it, she greets them with, I was expecting you. But only she will know if that's true or just a catchy line to welcome her clients. She will be willing to help, because she's deeply upset with Adam's fate, but she's not happy about the fact that they are working for Sir Dominic. If asked why, she will only say that they should be careful. As for Adam, she met him when he was looking for information about an artifact, a statuette. She has a drawing of it, drawing that Adam gave her, but she suspected that it was done by someone else, someone named Martin. If investigators ask her how does she know, she will say that it feels like done by someone named Martin. With time, 
she started to have visions. Visions about Mr. Aldwin and some creatures following him, looking for him. It was after his trip in August. At this point, she knew he was in danger. At first, he was very open about this statuette. But with time, he became more and more secretive. At one point, he even accused her of planning to steal it from him. She started to suspect that the statuette must be of great and dark power. There is one more thing. She obviously wanted to help him and cast some protective spells on him. That's when he learned about her book of spells. The day of his death, someone broke into her salon. Nothing was stolen except one page from that book. The page contained a spell of soul replacement, allowing, in short, to change body with someone else. Adam, of course, wouldn't be able to cast it, but this is a weird coincidence. Madame Serafina is the right person to consult the dream with. Unfortunately, she won't have anything good to say about it. It seems that whatever was looking for Adam is now looking for them, and it's summoned by the statuette. I don't know about you, but for me, it's a good call for a sanity roll. Madame Serafina is willing to do what she did for Adam and cast some protective spells on them to make them in a way invisible for those who are looking for them. But of course, that's not the final solution. They need to find out how Adam got the statuette and if possible, return it to its place. There is one more trusted person that can know more about Adam. Chloe Simmons, his assistant. Madame Serafina has known her for many years, and because of her, Adam met Serafina. What to do next? There are two people that investigators may want to talk with. Chloe Simmons, Adam's assistant, and Benedict Red from the museum, who should have the statuette right now. There is also one clue, the tattoo, and if investigators are brave enough to go anywhere close to the ship, they may want to visit the port to look for something that matches the tattoo. Let's start with the port. It won't be hard to find out that the tattoo refers to Alexandrina, a ship sailing between London and the western shore of Africa. Also, it won't be hard to notice some posters with the face of a missing sailor from that very ship. Could it be? Is it possible that the victim of this strategy is actually not Adam Aldwin, but the sailor? Investigators won't feel comfortable walking around here. They will constantly feel as if someone is looking or following them. But this is just a feeling, right? The next stop, the archaeological museum. Benedict Duret is obviously sad about Adam's death. And after seeing paper from Sir Dominic, he tells that he will do whatever he can to help them. Benedict says that Adam came into possession of the statuette around August or September. But he didn't want to say how. He just knows that he was traveling somewhere far from London. If asked why he didn't return the statuette, he'll say that he wanted to have more time to study it, but with a note of embarrassment in his voice. It seems like he simply didn't want to return it. He managed to identify it as the mother of fishermen, an ancient goddess of a cult that is still a mystery. From what he knows, she was worshipped in the area of Gulf of Guinea and in some small villages in England. Benedict, of course, is not willing to return it, not to the investigators, but he can show it to them if they want to. The statuette is stored in the museum's warehouse in the basement of the building. 
when they go down there, everything seems to be fine. But when they reach the shelf where the box is stored, the box is open and the statuette is missing. Benedict is speechless. And there is also one more detail, a smell. Air here, and only here, smells of seaweed. The statuette is gone. Or maybe Benedict is a good actor, knowing that someone sooner or later will ask for it, and decided to hide it in a place known only by him. Meeting with Chloe Simmons. Chloe is willing to meet with investigators in Adam's old office in the asylum where he worked. She says that for the last few months he was consumed by his work and one of his patients, Martin Hager. Before investigators ask anything, she adds that meeting with Martin is pointless. Since Dr. Aldwin's death, Martin is in deep regression with his therapy. Talking with him is as effective as talking with a wall, at least for now. If players ask about the nature of relation between Aldwin and Madame Serafina, she is sure that it was purely professional. As for the rented room, she knows where it is. Adam was using it as his additional study, nothing more. She can give them the address. She suspects that his belonging is still there. The room. Investigators don't have key to the room, but for sure they will find a way to get in. The room is dark, but immediately they realize that they are not alone. Someone is in the bathroom. Could it be Adam? The door opens and in front of them stands a creature, human posture, fish-like skin with fins stinking of seaweed, producing unnatural noises, monster known as the Deep One. Not giving them any time to think, attacks them. And they all die, unless they survived the combat and killed or defeated the monstrosity. There is no time to waste, it is better to find something that will bring them closer to solving this case. First of all, they find some maps and sketches, possibly leading to the place where Adam found the statuette. There is also a phonograph cylinder, possibly with Adam's recording. You will find the recording in the handouts. Let's listen to it. April 17th. After the first meeting with my new patient, Martin Hager, I am convinced that he's suffering due to something that I call a family burden. His stories and his dreams orbit around the house where he grew up. I'm planning a hypnosis session to look deeper into his mind. There is also his sister. As far as I understand, she's in the city, but Martin wasn't willing to reveal any details about her, just that he needs to protect her, and that is why he submitted himself to our asylum. June 4th, after three sessions, I'm starting to understand the nature of Martin's trauma. It seems to be caused by some statuette, a heirloom passed in his family from generation to generation. I confronted him with my theory, and we had a breakthrough. Martin admitted that when he was a child, he was fascinated by it and waited for a day it'd be given to him. That is the day his father dies. But now, when it finally belongs to him, he understands its burden. Sadly, he still can't talk about its nature. I'm planning to learn where the statuette is and confront Martin with it during a session. August 11th. The trip was successful. I've managed to retrieve the statuette. 
I have to admit that its hiding place was a nightmare of its own. Walls covered with scratched-out words in a language that I can't identify. Who did that? Was it Martin during his delusional attacks? There was also blood. A lot of it. Did he hurt? Or worse, kill someone? And that smell, it reminds me of something. Seaweed, perhaps? But miles from the shore? I'm planning to learn more about this statuette and confront it with Martin. Although, I'm starting to fear that he would like to take it back from me. November the 19th. The statuette. The goddess. The mother. It belongs to Martin Hager. And him only. There is no other choice. I must... I must become... I must become Martin Hager. Martin Hager? Isn't he still in the asylum? Madame Serafina mentioned something about the stolen spell. What was it? Soul replacement? Is it even possible? There is only one way to confirm this. Investigators go back to the asylum to meet with Martin Hager. It won't be easy, but for sure they will find a way to convince Chloe. When they finally meet him and look into his eyes, they see nothing but the shell of a man. Adam? Dr. Adam Aldwin? One of them asks, and then he replies with nothing more than a whisper. He tricked me. He tricked me to be free from her. From his goddess. From my goddess. This concludes the investigation. Adam Aldwin was found, one way or another. But there are still some questions to be answered. Why the sailor was killed? Did Elizabeth know about this? And what about Sir Dominic? Is he a worried friend or did he have his own agenda behind this investigation? But I leave those for you to discover on your own. That's all for today folks. I hope you enjoyed the story and if you did, hit that like button and subscribe. Remember to check the link to the handouts in the description below. Thank you for joining me and see you in the next episode. Until then, may your roles be critical and your adventures be legendary.